are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in on this Thursday show for you. We're talking football today and strictly football. NFL, we're going to talk about the Cowboys. We're going to talk about the Steelers. Mike McCarthy has been told, hey, buddy, great job in the playoffs. You're coming back for a fifth year, and you're not going to be. This is the last year of your contract. We're not extending you. So essentially, we're making you a lame duck coach. We have uh, that to discuss. We're also going to talk about the Steelers. I looked up the playoff droughts for teams in the NFL. We'll We'll go over. And then, my gosh, Nick Saban retiring from Alabama has set a chain reaction among college coaches, not to mention a chain reaction among players going into the portal. We'll get to that momentarily. So let's start with the Dallas Cowboys. It was announced yesterday Jerry Jones held a meeting with Mike McCarthy, and he said, you're coming back. I'm not letting you go. Mike McCarthy was under a five-year contract, so he's going into his fifth year. He's not extending him, which I think the writing is on the wall. Now, he has done this with Jason Garrett before in the past, where Garrett was in the last year of his contract. He let him coach, and then he extended him after the season. I don't know what it's going to take to fire Mike McCarthy. What if he goes 12-5 and five again and they get to the divisional round? Or hell, the NFC Championship for the first time in 29 years, but losing the NFC Championship. Does that get him fired? Because something tells me if he somehow pulls off a miracle and takes this team to the NFC Championship next year but loses, he's getting extended. Because then you go like, well, Jesus, he got us to the playoffs four years in a row and he just ended with the NFC Championship. How can we fire him? I don't know. But it's – I think only people in Dallas-Fort Worth understand this and people that have followed this team – because, you know, when I turn on the radio out here, it's 90% Cowboys talk. So, like I said, I'm not I'm neither a fan nor am I a hater of the Cowboys. I'm indifferent. I don't care what happens to them. But I am realistic, and everything that I've ever told you about the Cowboys is just straight facts. When I read you the numbers that this team is an embarrassment in the playoffs and they're 5-12 and 12 in the playoffs since they last won a Super Bowl and they haven't even been to a conference championship in 29 years, like that's just not, that's not an opinion. That's a fact. So, yet, what do we know about the Dallas Cowboys? They're America's team. They're the highest-grossing franchise in all of sports. They're worth the most. Isn't that amazing to think about? A team that isn't even successful for three decades is worth the most in professional sports? So it's like, what does it become? Is Jerry more enamored with that, that he owns the richest franchise in all of sports, or does he really care about winning? We can debate this until the cows come home. Most people will say he doesn't care about winning. He says he does. He says the the thing he wants worst in the world, basically, before he croaks is to win a Super Bowl. Because when he won those three Super Bowls in four years back in the 90s, the first two, everyone basically gave credit to Jimmy. And that's why they couldn't work each other out, because Jerry wanted credit. And then Jerry says any one of 500 coaches could have won a Super Bowl. And then he goes out and hires Barry Switzer. And I don't think anybody thought that Barry Switzer was the mastermind behind winning that Super Bowl against the Steelers. They all say the same thing. And what is it? Oh, he won it with Jerry's players, uh, Jimmy's players, which for the most part he did. So here's the thing when it comes to Mike McCarthy, and here's the thing when it comes to the Cowboys. 
Jerry Jones, as we know, is front and center when it comes to this franchise just in general. He is just he's the only owner that holds a mini press conference outside the locker room after every game. After every game, you see those reporters surrounding Jerry Jones. So he has to be taking credit when this team is doing bad and he gets disappointed, obviously, when they lose. And he always takes he always puts himself out there. So I will give him that because after the game on Sunday, he was there front and center. Very distraught over the loss, saying it was probably the toughest playoff loss he's ever had. So he's always there. He doesn't ditch the media when the team isn't going well, and he's there talking to everybody when um, they are going well. But here's the thing, and this is the tough part, is how do you sell this to your fan base? Of course, there are fans of this franchise that no matter what the Dallas Cowboys throw out there, They're going to the games on Sundays and supporting them because they're just Cowboy fans and they're fanatics and they love it. But to the diehard fans that love football and eat and breathe football, Cowboy football, we know how this song and dance goes. In July, when the Dallas Cowboys arrive in Oxnard and hold that opening press conference, you're going to see the same three people up on on the table there that we have the last five years. Jerry Jones, who always speaks first, Mike McCarthy, and Stephen Jones. And, you know, it's January 18th right now. Most people aren't thinking ahead to basically July 18th, six months ahead. But I am. And it's going to be the same rhetoric. They're not going to get up there and talk about the loss that just happened and how, and not just the loss that just happened, how embarrassing that loss was and go over the formations they were in offensively, the formations they were in defensively, how Green Bay just absolutely obliterated them and picked them apart in the most important game of the season. No, it's going to be new season. We're happy with our squad. We're really looking forward to building off last year. Yeah, we didn't have success in the playoffs, but looking forward, Dax made some tremendous strides in the offseason. I really think our defense is playing well. We're firing on all still. It's going to be the same bullshit for year number five. And frankly, there will be some media that kiss their ass, but there will be some Dallas media that are just like, whatever. Because none of it matters. None of it matters what they do in the preseason. None of it matters what they do in the regular season. What if the Cowboys start off 8-1 and next year? I don't know what their schedule is yet. I know who they play at home, and I know who they play on the road. But what if they start out 8-1 and next year or 10-3? and And just great start. They're clearly going to be a playoff team. And we're just riding it. And then everybody, you know, every week you got to cover the team and you got to see what they did and whatever. But, my gosh, is any of it going to matter? Look at how great Dak Prescott was in the regular season this year. He was awesome. He led the NFL in touchdown passes. One of his best statistical seasons he's ever had. And then he got to the playoffs and fell behind by four touchdowns in the second quarter and couldn't reach 90 yards passing in the first half. That's where it gets unexplainable. If they would have lost to Green Bay 37-34, 30-27, and it was just a shootout, and they were on the short end of the stick, by all means, you bring Mike McCarthy back, and I totally I totally get it. It would have been frustrating, and you're just like, gosh, why can't we get over the hump in the playoffs? But at least you knew you were right there. You weren't right there with Green Bay. From the very opening kickoff, you got absolutely obliterated. 
a team came into your home field, won the coin toss. How many teams win the coin toss and decide to defer? 98% of them? Green Bay said, no, we'll take the ball. And they took the ball, and they marched right down the field in 75 yards and go up 7-0, and you knew, boy, this was ugly. So I don't know what you do if you're a Cowboy fan. I really don't. How can you be excited for next year? Whether the beginning of the season, hell, I don't even think you can be excited while the season is going on. (laughs) And you're going to hear me say it a thousand times next year as the season is going on, whatever the Cowboys record is. I mean, if they're good, if they're bad, then you're just going to point to why did they bring Mike? So it's like Mike McCarthy is in the biggest lose-lose situation next year. If they start out six and six or they finish seven and ten, you know what everyone's going to say? Why did they bring him back? He completely tanked in the playoffs last year. Why did we bring him back as our coach? And then if they play well in the regular season, it'll be like, great. I don't care what you did in the regular season. What would you do in the playoffs? And then if he gets bounced in the first or second round again in the playoffs next year, it's going to be great. This is what he does. Why did we bring him back again? (laughs) He can't win unless he wins a Super Bowl, and that's way too much pressure. This guy has clearly shown ever since he left Green Bay not a great coach, 5-9 and nine in the playoffs. He's not this guy that is an absolute wizard at beating teams in the playoffs. So, I, you know, I almost feel bad for the guy because he's in a lose-lose unless he wins the Super Bowl. Or, you know what, I shouldn't say that. If the Cowboys get to the Super Bowl and lose, even if they lose by a lot, the Cowboy fans will be like, we know he can get us there. We know at least now Dak can get us there. Right now they can't even say that Dak or Mike McCarthy can get them out of the divisional round. So this is his last shot. I think there's going to be way too much pressure. I don't see this team going 12-5 and five, four years in a row. And I just think that there's going to be so much pressure on him and this team to succeed. I, I, I just don't see it happen. I think they fall back next year, and then he's gone. But, again, it's like, all right, well, that was a waste. It, it's just it's, it's a very difficult position to be in. Cowboy fans, how in the world can you be excited about this? You know, I, I brought up yesterday about the devil's advocate. You know, you're also looking at a coach who's gone 12 and 5 and taken you to the playoffs three years in a row. So, just based on that standard, it's like, well, why would you fire a coach who took you to the playoffs three years in a row? I get it. But the way they've performed in the playoffs, I think, is where they need to look at it. But I think the Cowboys are just, that's been the problem. They've been good enough in the regular season to where it's like, God, it's not like he's terrible. He's putting up the best offense in the NFL two of the last three years. Why are we firing him? Not to mention, okay, if we fire him, who's going to replace him? Who do we want? They're not going to – the Cowboys are not going to hire a up-and-coming coordinator. It's just not going to happen. That's not in their nature to do that. They're not hiring the Detroit offensive coordinator. They're not hiring Bobby Slowick from the Texans. In Detroit, who is it, Brian Johnson's his name or whatever? not hiring him. He's just not a big enough name. This is the Dallas Cowboys. This is the richest franchise in all of sports. Bobby Slowick is not going to be the head coach of the Cowboys. Just not. They're not going to go with something like that. They're going to go with an experienced coach, someone who's won a Super Bowl, even though we know the statistic that no no coach has ever won a Super Bowl with two different teams. So you've got that working against you. I don't even know if Jerry knows that, but maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. It's just, it's kind of a head-scratcher, but... I'm not a Cowboy fan, so I don't care what happens. But if I were a Cowboy fan, I would just be great. We really are running this back again. Same coach and same quarterback. 
what's going to be different next year? And they can even talk about it in the press conference at the beginning of the year in Oxnard. What if Mike McCarthy comes out and says, you know what, we've realized our mistakes and we are changing things up. Clearly they're not going to give away their strategy, but I just don't know what could possibly be different. You had the best offense in the league this year. And you had a top five defense in the league this year. I don't. It doesn't matter what the. I, I know I keep saying that, but it doesn't matter what you do in the regular season with it. How do we know that in the playoffs you're going to perform? And basically, the answer is you don't until next January rolls around. So we're not getting any answers until next January if they even make the playoffs. Because something tells me by bringing McCarthy back. I think it's very hard to do what he's done the three years in a row, so I commend him for that. Man, a fourth year in a row to do this? Not going to be easy, especially with some up-and-comers in the NFC. One thing the Cowboys aren't going to have next year, most likely, is Dan Quinn. Because, okay, I can see you bringing McCarthy back. I can see you bringing Dak back because you really have no options at quarterback. He's making $60 million a year next year. You're not going to eat $60 million. So that makes a little bit of sense. But if you run it back with the threesome and your defensive coordinator's coming back, uh, even more head-scratching, chances are Dan Quinn is not going to come back. He's either going to get a head coaching job or the Cowboys are bringing McCarthy back and telling him you got to go a different route, defensive coordinator-wise. This was an interesting statistic that I saw. When Dan Quinn was head coach of the Falcons in 2016, do you know who coached under him in the offensive coordinator positions. Some of his assistant coaches that year, Kyle Shanahan was his OC, who's now the head coach of the Niners. Matt LaFleur was an offensive coach on that Falcons team, head coach of the Packers. Mike McDaniel was an offensive coach on that team, head coach of the Dolphins. Dan Quinn is now 0-6 against those teams, against, excuse me, against those men, three of which are playoff losses. Lost to Shanahan twice, lost to LaFleur. But he's lost to three other games against them, um, both, I think, one each in the regular season. They've lost to the Niners in the regular season. They've lost to the Packers in the regular season and to the Dolphins in the regular season. We saw that this year. So <laughs> kind of interesting that a defensive guy has gone up against three of his former offensive coordinators or people that worked on his offensive staff when they made the Super Bowl, and he hasn't beaten them. So it's almost like, <laughs> you know, hey, maybe keep that stat in mind for next year, wherever Dan Quinn is. If he's still the defensive coordinator of the Cowboys, I don't know if they play the Niners, the Packers, or the Dolphins next year. But if they do, maybe want to stick with that stat. <laughs> but, man, just brutal. Let's move on to the Steelers. And we talked about the Steelers yesterday, and I said, man, you realize, while as great as Mike Tomlin is, and he has announced that he is coming back for 2024 with the Steelers, never had a losing season in 17 years as head coach of the Steelers, but they also haven't won a playoff game since 2016. So I went into the archives of the internet, the World Wide Web, and I was like, what's the longest playoff drought right now in the NFL? And right now it's the Miami Dolphins. They haven't won a playoff game since 2000. Second is the Raiders. They haven't won a playoff game since 02. The Commanders haven't won a playoff game since 05. The Jets and Bears haven't won a playoff game since 2011, so 12 years. And then every other team after that is eight years or less or nine. Yeah, starting at eight seasons um, 
not counting the six that won this year. So you got eight seasons is the next highest. Panthers and Cardinals both haven't won a playoff game in eight seasons. Same with the Broncos. However, you'd look at those first five that I gave you, and then these next three, Cardinals, Panthers, and Broncos, at eight seasons without a playoff win, they've had multiple coaches in that time. So then, who's next? Ninth, Pittsburgh Steelers. Haven't won a playoff game since 2016. Which means that Mike Tomlin, because they haven't had coaching changes <laughs> since he last won, Mike Tomlin is the long, I guess the way to word it would be longest tenured current coach with his current team that hasn't won a playoff game. So, yeah, the Dolphins haven't won in 23 years, but Mike McDaniel's only been the head coach for two. Basically, what I'm saying is the Pittsburgh Steelers have kept Mike Tomlin on as head coach of their team, even though they haven't won a playoff game in seven years, and no other coach can say that. No other coach has gone, current coach in the NFL has gone seven years without winning a playoff game and still kept his job. So that's really interesting because, again, it brings me back to yesterday, what I talked about in terms of, well, let's play devil's advocate here. What exactly do you want? Are you out to win championships? Are you out to just put a good product on the field so people go to your games and you sell out and you're not really caring if you win a Super Bowl? Because why has Mike Tomlin kept his job when he hasn't won a playoff game in seven years? No other program and no other franchise in the NFL would allow that. Nobody. Nobody's allowing. And and I get it. The only reason Mike Tomlin is basically salvaged from this statistic is because he never throws up a clunker of a season. He never goes 4-13. and 13. He never goes 6-11. and 11. So apparently that's the standard for Pittsburgh Steeler football is just be good. Don't be terrible for us. And he's there. He has some great wins, and he has some awful losses, it seems like, every season. But you haven't won a playoff game in seven years, and you still have your job? I wouldn't say that. Look, I'm not calling for Mike Tomlin's head. I'm just pointing out the facts. No other team in the NFL currently has that current position of they've had a coach there for seven years, he's never won a playoff game. Nick Sirianni. Looks like he's coming back in Philly. I mean, we all thought yesterday Mike McCarthy and Sirianni were dead in the water, out of a job. Nope. Looks like they're bo- well, McCarthy's coming back, and it's rumors are Sirianni's coming back, which is amazing to me, but he's obviously the same thing, going to have to make offensive and defense coordinator changes for sure. He, they're not running it back with the same exact coordinators. They can't. So Cowboys going to come back with McCarthy. Dan Quinn is either going to get a head coaching job or they will get rid of him. And Sirianni looks like he's going to have to replace his offensive and defensive coordinator for the second year in a row. Remember, after they won the Super Bowl, Shane Steichen was their offensive coordinator. And not won the Super Bowl, got to the Super Bowl and lost to the Chiefs. Shane Steichen was their offensive coordinator in the Super Bowl. He left to go coach the Arizona Cardinals. And, or excuse me, Steichen left to go coach the Indianapolis Colts. Their defensive coordinator was Jonathan Gannon. He left to go coach the Arizona Cardinals. So... If Sirianni stays and he has to replace his offensive defense coordinator again, that means that Jalen Hurts will have three different offensive coordinators in three different seasons. So, very, very interesting. Just keep an eye on that.
And finally, just want to talk about this. Did you see the college football playoff teams and who they have coming back? Returning starters, as of yesterday, from last year's or this year's college football playoff teams, Texas, Alabama, Michigan, Washington. Texas has 14 returning starters. Alabama has seven. Michigan has six. Washington has three. Washington had an all-underclassman offensive line, and every single one of them is gone now. Probably because they want to go follow either Kalen DeBoer or they just want to get out of there. And, you know, Nick Sir, you know, the rule is you can get into uh, the transfer portal is a two uh, a 30-day window right after the regular season end, or conference championship ends, and then there's a 15-day window from April 15th to April 30th. However, there is a caveat to that. If your coach decides to leave or retire, take a new job, whatever, gets fired after the 30-day window of the first transfer portal window in December, the transfer portal opens back up for that particular program for 30 days. That's why you see Alabama guys going in now because Saban just retired earlier this week. And now, oh, okay, well, I'm transferring then. They just lost their best cornerback who doesn't want to play. And you're like, why would you transfer out of Alabama? It's all about money now. I guarantee it's just someone's going to offer him more money and that's where he's going to go. I don't think it's because, oh, wow, Alabama is going to suck now that Nick Saban's not there. I don't think they're going to suck. I don't think they're going to be as dominant, but I don't think they're going to suck. But he's their best defensive player, best cornerback, one of the freshman All-American, and he's decided, well, I want to go in the portal. That's because he wants more money. That's really all it is. There's no other way. Why would you leave Bama? But that's what's happening. You know, he leaves, so that means Kalen DeBoer leaves for Alabama, which means Washington has a spot opened up. They steal Jed Fish from Arizona. Now Arizona had to go out and get San Jose State's coach. So he's now the coach at Arizona. It's just this it's just domino effect and players are bolting all over the place because of it. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also rate and review if you can. Daily Roundup was posted an hour ago. In an hour from now, you're going to get uh, my weekly podcast with Kristen Baldwin from EW.com, so check that out. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you!